Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This is Football Social Daily, the Premier League podcast. Hello, welcome to your midweek fix of top flight football. I'm Jim Salverson and this is Football Social Daily. As promised, today is a transfer special. This podcast is the perfect way to keep up to date with the latest transfer news as we try and sort the fact from the fiction from the agents trying to squeeze a little bit more cash out of their clients. Today, we're talking comings and goings at Chelsea. We're talking the very latest on Declan Rice's transfer saga. Is he finally close to joining Arsenal? And we've got news on recruitment for Newcastle, for Spurs and for Manchester City on the way. Joining me with their eight mobile phones, five pages and 32 fake social media accounts are two ITKs on today's podcast with their fingers on the pulse of the latest transfer gossip. And Marley Anderson and Joel Tudor. How are we, boys? We're good. Yeah, I'm all right. Um, I mean, you've overestimated how many phones I, <laughs> I've got there. I've only got the three <laughs> at the minute, but yeah. yeah. I've, Everyone's got like that... 25 mobile phones down in their drawer somewhere, haven't they? Like in a bits drawer somewhere, an old Nokia 3210 and then a flip phone and all that kind of stuff. The one that still has I have, battery. I have yeah. got, a, I have got a, bit, a a burner phone, which is not as uh, sinister as it sounds. That one. <laughs> when I when I go away on holiday, you know, Joel loves that loves uh, loves it when I talk about how many stag dues I've been on. But that one comes on stag dues with me, and if I drop it in the Danube in Bratislava, it stays there, I, and I'm not bothered. <laughs> but but is otherwise, it just so the missus doesn't uh, find the dodgy pictures on the group WhatsApp for, for basically? Yeah, well, it doesn't even have WhatsApp or take pictures, so yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why is it the one where you have to press number two like five it, times? It just takes to get you thirty-five to the minutes seat. to send a text. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to see neither of you boys are standing outside a training ground in the pouring rain trying to get us the latest transfer news, risking a dildo in the ear or something like that. You're comfortably <laughs> at home, and we're going to cover off the latest transfer news. First big deal of the window is where we're going to start. Well, arguably the first big deal: Chelsea new boy Christopher Nkuku from. RVB Leipzig. He's been there since 2019. Previous to that, he was at PSG, but squeezed out by some of the big money transfers at PSG. He's a goal scorer, 
and last season that was the big issue for Chelsea. Do you think that his signing solves those problems instantly for Pochettino, Joel? It's going to be a tricky one because obviously his stats speak for themselves. He was the top scorer in the Bundesliga this year. He got the Bundesliga Player of the Year the season before. He's been one of the most outstanding players in that league by an absolute mile. Um, He only just missed out on the World Cup thanks to a really freak injury in training just before. And I still think he would have had an amazing World Cup had he managed to stay fit. But again, this is one of those weird signings where it's a Todd Bowley signing. Pochettino's had no say in it whatsoever. So you don't really know how he's going to fit, if, if he's even in his plans. Obviously, he has to be in his plans now. But his positional uh, area where he plays is pretty much as a second striker or as a striker. If anyone's seen Leipzig this season, he either plays on his own as a striker or he'll play next to Timo Werner up front. So he's almost like the Kai Havertz type role. He doesn't look like a proper out-and-out striker, but I mean, his stats mm. are, again, pretty similar to Kai Havertz where they had similar statistics uh, in the Bundesliga. But I just think in terms of the way he can play and how adaptable he is, he can play all along the front three, he can play just behind the striker. I think he'll be a really useful uh, tool for Pochettino to have. And I just think that now that they've signed him, I don't really see any need for them having to go out and pay 100 million for another striker because I do think it could be prolific, but it just depends on the plans of... Pochettino really whether he'd even bring out Romelu Lukaku I don't know but I think he will be a better option and if you compare letting go Kai Havertz for 60 million and bringing him in for 50 million I mean it's a no-brainer he's twice the player Kai Havertz is but I've always been a little bit skeptical with Bundesliga players coming to the Premier League obviously aside from Erling Haaland who's a little bit of a freak but the forward players especially you know Timo Werner Kai Havertz Chelsea haven't had the most success with them, shall we say. So I'm still Mm. waiting to see if he can adapt. But, you know, he used to be at PSG's academy, didn't get a chance there. And typically French players usually set the Premier League alight when they have these kind of statistics. So I think it'd be a good play for Pochettino. As you say, his stats are pretty good. League goals per 90 minutes for last season, 0.76, which is much better than any of the Chelsea players. Raheem Sterling was the best performing per minute striker in the Chelsea ranks 0.32 goals per 90 minutes and clearly that's been a big problem for Chelsea I mean we don't really know what's planned here Marley and we saw Pochettino at Spurs he liked that combination of Harry Kane like traditional number nine and then Son who you maybe could compare as a player to this signing do you think he's planning something similar because we've all said I mean players are so often go to Chelsea particularly strikers and just fail to deliver are you getting an idea of how Chelsea might want to play next season with this signing uh, by the looks of it they're going to play about nine up front because the the numbers aren't thinning out anytime <laughs> soon I think you look at like Nkunku is a really good player like you know scored loads of goals in Germany everything that Joel's just said but he's he's the exact sort of same type of player they've already got about seven of like Sterling is a similar type mm. of player. Like Sterling probably predominantly plays off the right a little bit more, and Kunku's on the left. But still, the sort of that like second striker type of role. Uh, ZX still there. Hudson Odoi's just came back. You've got Pulisic still there. Um, you've got uh, Mudrik and uh, Mudieke. There's loads. <laughs> like so, you've got to. They're only playing once a week. Chelsea next season. There's no. Uh, European sort of games to rotate players in and things like that and I just feel like 
okay, and Kunku's going to come in, but he's he's obviously going to want to play. He's going to want to play every week, but that doesn't doesn't that's no different from any of the others. So Pochettino's got to say right, he's got to make a decision decision really quickly, really, um, and probably say to people that he's not seen train like, sorry, but I'm going to go with someone else. Like Ziyech, for example, like we obviously mm. he's going to go, but you know he hasn't played under Pochettino, but Pochettino hasn't got that time to say, do you know what? I like you. Prove me, prove something to me. He's got to kind of go, Hakim. Sorry, mate. You're 29, and these are younger, and there's interest from you from, uh, you know, the Saudi league. So I, I kind of have to let you go. Um, and it's 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 not the more ideal situation, but it's one Chelsea have put themselves in with spending all this money. They spent 200, 250 million pound more than the next highest spending team since Todd Bowley came in, um, and they're nowhere for it. So. You know they've got to get it right quickly, um, and that'll probably be Pochettino's job of of saying to a, a, a quite a few players, "Look, sorry, but um, I'm going to go with these players that have already been signed. I, I can't go and sign my own, um, and I've got to go and go and work it out." Basically, well, it is the Saudi league that seem to be digging Chelsea out of a bit of a hole at the moment. They seem to be enjoying the fire sale that's going on at Stamford Bridge. Two of the latest players to leave, Ngolo Kanté is off to Al-Ittihad and also goalkeeper Edouard Mendy, according to Fabrizio Romano, who's usually pretty reliable on this stuff, has agreed personal terms with Al-Ahil ahead of a move. Do you think we're going to see a few more of these deals done before the transfer window's out, Joel? They're coming every week at the moment. Fairly sizeable names off to the Middle East to play football. Yeah, and it's not really similar to the... I know the Chinese league were picking out a couple of players who are in the prime, but these Clubs are starting to take players who are pretty much banging their prime or could still easily perform at a better club in Europe, which is pretty alarming. I think I saw this morning that they wanted Callum Hudson-Odoi as well, which, I mean, he's a what 22-year-old young player from Chelsea. If he goes, then, I mean, I think that sets quite a massive precedent for what's to come. Because yeah. if young players are starting to get attracted to the big money, the, the glamour of going to Saudi, then I think... A lot of younger players, especially because let's not forget, Callum Hudson Odoi just was on loan at Leverkusen and he didn't have a really good spell. And at that point, he'll think, Well, I'm not going to get a chance at Chelsea. I don't know if I'm going to be able to reach the top level in Europe. So, this is the best chance I'm ever going to get to achieve this type of money and maybe even fame going out into the Middle East. So, I think there's going to be plenty, plenty more. It's quite strange that Chelsea are the only club that seem to be getting absolutely ambushed with all of these deals. I mean, Come on, guys. Manchester United have got quite a few uh, string players on the fringes that you can have if you really want them. <laughs> um, but yeah, Has Phil Jones got out there yet? Surely that's only a matter of time. He's a free agent now, so it's none of our business. Um, but, you know, opposite to what Marley said... and <laughs> He's ended up in Mongolia or something. But, you know, opposite to what Marley said, I know that they're very, very top-heavy. But if you look at it now, they're going to churn so many players where, you know, you've got Mason Mount... Um, probably on his way to Man United. You've got Koulibaly, Mendy, mm. Havertz on his way out. There's so many players that are going to start rotating out. And the team that we saw last year at Chelsea is going to be so, it's going to be probably the polar opposite. In terms of a starting 11 for Chelsea next season, I probably couldn't tell you what it is. Because let's not forget, this is just the start of the window. And Nkunku's not even Pochettino signing. He's not even got started yet. So I think for Chelsea, it's going to be complete new look. Mm. But yeah, like, Marley raises a good point with no Europe. Uh, and with such a huge squad, that might be quite a problem for Pochettino. 
because he's not going to make he's going to be so hard to keep such a huge squad happy when you can't have the games to give them so it'll be really interesting to see but I think Poch knows exactly the way he wants to play the plays and profile he wants but it's just getting rid of all of these old you know clinger ons who are just no good anymore I mean we talked about the Saudi league at length on Monday's podcast so I don't want to go too much into it but here Marley we're seeing maybe slightly older players than Neves who from Wolves who went out there early in the week uh, Kante certainly from his point of view he's won everything in England and it doesn't feel there's no grudges behind him going off to the Saudi league Mendy feels like he could have maybe gone for a bigger move and although they're older players I don't know how the Saudi league is going to work for a start because even with these signings that have come in, you're going to have kind of four, five, maybe Premier League level stars in each team. And they're going to be surely built around them is going to be these kind of League Two, League One, maybe to be generous kind of level players. I've no idea what the football is going to be like, but it still is for me. It's leaving a little bit of a bad taste in the mouth that these players are going over there and they're doing it for the paycheck. And they're not just sacrificing their football careers, but you've got to assume that. I mean, there's a certain moral standpoint to be taken as well that there, and I know, I know in terms of the Premier League and the amount of money that's come in recently and where it's come from, you can't have too many morals about this stuff because we've already backed off or we've kind of taken a certain amount of it. But it just, it's still not sitting right with me. Yeah, me, me neither, really. Um, it's, it's, it's a country that has no football in history trying to make history. Um, you know, we 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 sit here as English um, football fans, and you know, England football's been around in England since you know, professionally at least since the late eighteen hundreds. So you know, clubs are formed in somewhere between eighteen eighty and nineteen twenty at the latest, sort of thing. So it's it's almost like like you've got to start somewhere, like because we we invented the game. So Saudi Arabia obviously are way behind us in that type of thing, and the one thing they've got mm. instantly is money. Like they can back it to the hilt. Like this is their sort of Premier League moment of in in ninety two, ninety three when the the TV deal came in and and money went mad in England. This is them. This is their version of that sort of thing. Um, it it doesn't sit right because we you know we don't sort of like uh, money coming in and and replacing history and sort of buying history type of thing. That's what the sort of English perspective is on it, but. At the end of the day, like, not everyone can have the history. And if there's money there and there's there's interest, then money money ultimately talks. Um, so it, it's, mm. it's one of those situations where, like, it might not... People might sort of be hoping that something similar to China happens where they get bored, but it, I don't think it will because Saudi Arabia have, have been on the sports project for, for years now. Um, getting you see all the boxing fights, you know, um, Joshua, Anthony Joshua fought Andy Ruiz in in the middle of Saudi Arabia uh, a couple of years ago, and it was it made no sense, but money money spoke because they couldn't turn that down, um, and it's mm. it's a similar similar situation really, but the Premier League have put themselves in this in this predicament by the money being so high that. You know the the boat has sailed, and the only way to join the boat is to is to spend loads of money, and then FFP comes in and and sort of stops that, and it's like so now you see Wolves with Ruben Neves, and like Wolves are knackered FFP wise, they're completely knackered, like they can't spend, so they have to sell 
uh, Ruben Neves, and the only the only willing buyers because Europe's also like Europe's trying to chase the Premier League, but can't catch up. Um, and the only ones that that have the financial power to do it is the new power of Saudi Arabia. So that's why they're hoovering up everyone. That's why they're helping out, basically helping Chelsea by saying we'll have Ziyech, we'll have Kante, we'll have Mendy, we'll have Koulibaly as well. And here's a massive clean slate for your FFP. I, it's, it's dodgy, but again, mm. the the rules that we've put in place, and we've said this so many times in the past year and a half on the, on the podcast that. Once the rules are in place, they have to be watertight from minute one, but it's so hard to do because as soon as you put in, in a rule in place, 20 clubs minimum and probably hundreds of clubs around the world are saying, how can we get through that rule? It has to be porous. It has to have holes in it somewhere. Yeah. And FFP right now, is we've, we're seeing another angle to it. Like, oh, Wolves are knackered, but Saudi can, Saudi can bail them out because Saudi get a good player, spend a drop in the ocean of water, um, so, of money, sorry, and everyone wins basically. I do wonder whether we might see some inflated prices for surplus to requirements Newcastle players over the next few weeks, given the relationship between the uh, states and the club there as well. But let's talk about Declan Rice. That is turning into one of the biggest transfer sagas this summer. More and more clubs reported to be interested in the midfielder, but Arsenal are trying to tie up the deal early doors. Apparently, Rice is ready to agree personal terms with Arsenal, but there's still a little bit of distance between Arsenal and West Ham in terms of the club's valuation. West Ham are keen to get at least £100 million for Rice. Their original asking price was around 120 And when you say at least £100 million, that means you're going to get £100 million maximum, pretty much. Arsenal have put in a second bid. It's been rejected. The value of that bid is £90 million in total. £75 million guaranteed over a four-year period, which is similar to the deal they put together for... Thomas Party a few years back. So four years to pay the 75 million, 15 million in potential add-ons as well. I mean, here we've got a player who's in demand, Joel, in Declan Rice. Man City have been linked to him. Manchester United have been linked to him. Is it a case here that if Arsenal want him, they just need to pay the cash and pay it early and put this to bed? Put 100 million quid on the table and be done with it. Yeah, it's just 101 negotiations, isn't it? They will eventually get to that 100 million mark because West Ham know that this is an almost unicorn moment in their history. I think the last player that went out for such a big fee was it Lampard or Rio Ferdinand maybe or Joe Cole somewhere around that period where yeah, Ferdinand when they... was Ferdinand was 18 million to Leeds I think and we built a stand out of the, the money in the end, <laughs> which has now been blown up and replaced with flats. <laughs> well, well that's what I mean. I mean 18 million in that money uh, in terms of football inflation and normal inflation would probably be over 50 million in today's money. So West Ham know that this is a massive moment for them. They're not going to budge on the price because they know that a bidding war is pretty much taking place as we speak, where Bayern are still trying to understand if they want to go in for him. Manchester United might go in for him. City might end up putting a bid in for him. Um, and I just think that, well, from what we know at the moment, West Ham are not happy with the way in which the add-ons are going to be paid. They think, they think it's a little bit unrealistic. And from that standpoint, they'll probably just want a guaranteed fee, whether it's 90 million guaranteed, 10 million add-ons. They just want to make sure that they guarantee the big bulk of that. They don't want to be played around, you know, with these Champions League clauses. Because let's let's be honest, Arsenal aren't touching the Champions League anytime soon. So that's a bit of a myth of a of a clause to put in there. So I think eventually he he they will get their way, but it's just one of those grinding it out, trying to thrash out, 
who who's more in the driving seat than the other one. But I think for West Ham, the biggest difficulty is just trying to replace someone like that because although he is worth a hundred million to them in terms of his personality, in terms of what he represents to West Ham and how good he is in that midfield, to replace someone like that is almost like trying to replace, you know, Dimitri Payet when he went trying to replace that output and that mm. influence he had on the club and the team is very, very difficult because you can very easily go and pay £60 million for the next best thing, as we're going to probably touch on with Fulham's um, midfielder. But he may not represent half of what Declan Rice represents in terms of what he means to West Ham. So it's going to be really difficult. And I think £100 yeah, yeah. Million, I mean, you have to be also very careful with how you go about using that because we've seen it in the past where Tottenham got a massive fee for Gareth Bale and they were acting like it was a golden ticket. They didn't know what to do with it, who to buy. They were just spending money really erratically and not knowing they didn't have a plan in place. So I really hope that West Ham uh, use the money wisely because it can go in an instant. And when clubs know you have that money, uh, suddenly everything just goes from zero to 100 very, very quickly. So it's going to be an interesting uh, few developments from West Ham. Yeah, you're right. You can replace the player, but you can't replace the personality in the dressing room. You can't replace the connection with the club and with the fans. But in terms of replacing the player, you mentioned him then, Fulham's Joel Polina has been scouted as a potential replacement for Declan Rice. But Fulham have slapped a £90 million price tag on his head, which will be pretty much all of the Declan Rice money. That's not a real price, is it, Marley? That's a this player is not for sale price. Yeah, that's a go away, don't don't bother us type of uh, type of fee, I suppose. But he's been brilliant all season, to be fair, Polina. He's he's been as good as Rice um, in terms of importance to his team and just general level of performances. So fair enough. Um, Fulham, you know, it's reacting angrily to uh, to the rumours I suppose but yeah if they basically said look if anyone if anyone's coming in we we think he's as good as Rice and if it's if it's West Ham in particular you've basically sold mm. Rice for nothing so so bring it on lads if you want to come and give us yeah. all the Rice money for uh, for for Jao Paulinha, then then happy happy days you've spent how many months negotiating this price and you're just going to hand it straight all all over to us which would be kind of funny and also typical West Ham if that happened um, but they're never they're never <laughs> spending 90 million on him it's just a it's just a hands-off warning I think but he's a quality player but yeah that's that's never gonna happen no it seems like an inc- a crazy valuation and just one that's designed to put people off putting a bid in for him Fulham are being quite bullish in terms of not wanting to sell him it seems but at the same time they're making moves to replace him by the looks of it because they're being linked with a move for Manchester United's Fred this summer does that feel like a like-for-like replacement there Joel that if if Declan Rice goes to Arsenal then Paulinho goes to West Ham then Fred goes to Fulham well, in, in an ideal world, yes, <laughs> because we really need someone to buy our players at the moment. No one wants to touch them. Um, I think for Fred, though, in all seriousness, you know, he's a Brazilian international. He starts for them every single time he goes there, which everyone forgets. And he's played an, over 150 Premier League games. He's a seasoned professional in Europe. You know, he's not a chump who is really bad at football. He actually is really effective if you know how to use him well. I just don't think he's top, top level. He's more of a squad rotation Got player. Got a great haircut as well. <laughs> yeah, that, is, that comes with the fee, Jim. But, you know, tw- I think 20, he's got one year left on his contract as well. So I think 15 to 20 million is 
pretty fair. And I think for, for, for a team like Fulham, to have someone who's super uh, energetic in midfield and really cuts up play brilliantly going next to Andreas Pereira, I mean, my God, that's like the reincarnation of Ronaldinho and uh, Gilberto Silva in that midfield. I don't know. <laughs> there's going to be real Samba stuff going on. But yeah, I hope that can be the case. And I do think that if Fulham were to get him, it would be a pretty shrewd signing, I would say. Fulham just building Man United rejects. 11, aren't they? Fred, Andreas Pereira. We've got plenty um, more where that comes from. They've got, they've got Dan James. They might go from... Maybe they, maybe they might go for Maguire and try and bring Adnan Yanazai back from wherever he, wherever in Spain he's playing. <laughs> right, we're going to take a little break and we're going to come back and talk about a couple of Milan-based potential imports into the Premier League. We're going to be discussing a move for James Madison as the dismantling of relegated Leicester City begins and pondering the future of a certain record-breaking England centre-forward. We'll do it next on Football Social Daily. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help. From fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. 
take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome back. This is Football Social Daily. A few other transfer deals to cast our eyes over as we look at the comings and goings in the Premier League during the summer. We'll be doing it all summer long on Football Social Daily. Make sure you click subscribe so you never miss an episode. We're going to start this section of the podcast with a conversation around Harry Kane and his potential move. Been getting a lot of attention at the moment. And now Le Parisien, Le Parisien in France are saying that PSG have made Kane their top transfer target. Messi gone, Kane in. Now there's a load of talk about Harry Kane being a player who only ever wants to stay in the Premier League. I think that's because no one can imagine him trying to speak a foreign language. <laughs> that's why I think everyone's saying he's going to stay in the Premier League. But if anyone can afford him, it's PSG Marley. And if he wants to win trophies, PSG's a great shout, isn't it? Yeah, on the on the face of it, you'll you'll definitely win trophies. Um because it's it's PSG and they're they're spending more money on more players than anyone else and I think they've got a new manager coming in. Don't know who that's going to be yet because um, they've sacked another one with Galtier going. Uh, Rumours that it might be Mourinho, actually, uh, which would be interesting if Kane rocked up and then a week later Jose comes comes through the door and it's like, oh, you again. Right, OK. Um, but I don't know. For me, I, I think a few a few trophies at PSG is is just... It's not the validation Harry Kane wants from his from his career. I I don't think. I think, I think it's to the point now where Kane's mm. number one target and priority should be um, becoming the all time Premier League top scorer. Um, the, the the records insight obviously has to stay in England uh, to to do that. I think if he's gonna move, I think if anywhere he's he should move to Man United. Um, I don't think it'll guarantee him. Uh, trophies, but it'll it'll get him in the in the recognition for one. You know they reached two finals this year, won one, lost one, but mm. it's still it's. I, I feel like if you if you're 29, 30 years old, it's, if you're winning your first trophies, you know it's not like you're never gonna win enough to to sort of go down as one of the you know the the big trophy winners, you know, and look. You're never gonna have a CV which rivals other, other sort of great players from years gone by. But I always think just how many players have been Premier League top scorer? Like not many. How many players have won the Premier League and won Carabao Cups and won FA mm. Cups? There's a load of crap players that have won them over the years. You know, there's uh, there's dead wood everywhere. Um, you know, so I think. I think he should stay in England, basically. PSG, I cannot imagine Harry Kane in Paris. Um, but stranger things have happened in football and, and they'll be desperate to, to replace uh, Messi and Mbappe if uh, if he ends up leaving. Um, and I can see them sort of doing it as a mm. as a character thing, like, well, we've, we've lost one of the best strikers in the world in Mbappe, but we've signed another one. Um, and it's like a, a character sort of losing one big character but getting another one in is very on brand for PSG like we need another superstar but I, I can't see it being Kane I can't see him being tempted by that project 
it seems like there's so many different criteria that need to be filled here for Harry Kane in terms of he needs to have the potential to win trophies. And as we've said, unless you're Man City in England, there's no guarantee you're going to win anything, although there will be contenders for other competitions from Manchester United and Newcastle. But you also need the huge budgets that can afford his transfer fee and his wages. And we know there aren't many destinations that can afford that at the moment. Barcelona certainly haven't got deep enough pockets right now. Or if they have got deep enough pockets, they're someone else's pockets and they have to move stuff around. So... Do you think if this if it doesn't happen this season, it, it doesn't necessarily feel like he is going to move this window, Joel. Do you think that's it? Does the conversation stop? Harry Kane just remains a Spurs player for the rest of his career, certainly his career at the top level. Well, from what we know, we know that trophies are something that Kane actually really wants. He said it a couple of years ago where I've mentioned it on a few podcasts where he said if he gets the 13, hasn't won anything, you'd be massively disappointed. So it's not like he's looking at his career now and thinking because I've been top scorer for so many seasons, that's enough. Because I I can imagine it's so deflating to score 25 to 30 goals every single season and you're nowhere near a trophy. And then you're looking at people in the England squad like Jack Grealish going from Aston Villa to City and winning a treble. Or you're seeing all these different players going to all the bigger clubs and they're winning something straight away. And for a player of his quality who is probably going to go down as the best England striker we've ever had, to not have anything around his neck is pretty it's, it's ridiculous, to be honest. And I think for Kane, he also takes a, a ship of the blame as well because if he really, really wanted to do that and he really wanted to go, he would have to kick up a fuss. I think the only way Daniel Levy will ever allow him mm. to potentially leave is if he comes to him and says, here's my transfer request. I think it's time for us to part ways now. You get a big fee for me this summer, reinvest it into the Spurs squad, and I'll go and try and make something of the last few years of my career because I don't see it here at Tottenham. And that's the way they're, they're at at the moment. I don't think it'll happen because like you've said, Jim, he's got one year left in his contract, which means that obviously he'll be allowed to leave next summer for free. But the ship might have sailed. Man United might think this summer well if we can't get Kane we're going to get Goncalo Ramos from Benfica and play a massive fee for him and that's that we don't need a striker now for the next 10 mm-hmm. years potentially City don't need a striker Arsenal and Chelsea are not going to be anywhere near him because they're London clubs and then what's there what's left if he leaves next summer who, who's going to be the main team Real Madrid I mean it'd be a great move but Real Madrid might have moved on they might think Mbappe's the fine player up front so I think now it's now or never if he doesn't leave this summer I think he should sign a contract and just remain and just stay loyal and just try and work out if he can win something for him in the next five years because I think if he doesn't do it now, he never will. I do wonder how much of his remaining at the club and not trying to force a move is down to the way he knows that would be handled by the football club. And you look at the Declan Rice saga and that could have been handled better, but he, Declan Rice, leaves West Ham or potentially leaves West Ham with the club's best wishes. A big transfer fee coming in He's given X amount of years to the club. He's kind of like, it's seen as the time for him to move on. If Harry Kane went to Daniel Levy with a transfer request and went, I want to leave, I'm forcing my way out. I have absolutely no doubt that Daniel Levy would hang him out to dry. That would be a PR battle that he would not be willing to lose. And I wonder whether that's an element of caution about Harry Kane taking that step. He kind of wants the club to make the first move rather than him necessarily forcing that. It happened a couple of years ago, didn't it, when City tried to get him and there was almost like a bit of a flirting phase going on where it seemed like he was trying to get himself out and it didn't happen. So yeah, I think like you say, Daniel Levy is all about reputation and if 
Kane wants to leave. He wants the fans to know that it's because he wants to leave, not because he's accepting a bid. Let's talk about one of Harry Kane's England teammates, James Madison. It's an interesting one, this. Sky Sports suggesting that it's between Newcastle and the aforementioned Spurs as to who gets him. 50 million quid being asked. 50 million quid for a current England international. Still only 26. Seems like good value, that Marley, particularly in this market that you can get a player of that quality for that value. Newcastle should be all over this. I agree. I think um, I think the the price is <clears throat> is the going rate for for a player that is the best at his team type of thing. You think about any club in the Premier League, their best player goes for about fifty million or more. Like in in cases of outstanding talents like like mm. Declan Rice and and so on. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a straightforward deal to do. I think Leicester know he's going. Leicester can't really ask any more of him he's he's in his prime I think if uh, if you were trying to buy him from Leicester when they've come off the back of a 11th 12th place finish they're probably asking 70 million 75 million absolutely fine so you're getting the you're getting a bit of a discount there um, if you think Anthony Gordon went for 40 million recently and you think you know there's countless players how much was Fred at, at Man United you think he was 40 million wasn't he something like that you know, ten million more for a twenty-six-year-old James Madison, who's produced it. This his numbers were good for Leicester last season. He had a bit of a couple of couple of injuries, but when he was in the team, his his numbers were good, and he he made them tick. And I think if you uh, if you can can work out a way of getting him in the Newcastle team, um, in terms of like his best position and stuff, which I've talked about on previous podcasts, um, it's a no-brainer for me. Um, at the same way. If I was a Spurs fan, I'd be like, we need to sign this guy. But they've just gone and signed Kulisevsky on a permanent, so maybe maybe his first team role there is is gone. Um, so that leaves the door open again for Newcastle. So I'm hoping we sign him. To be honest, I like his character. I like his um, the way he is. His free kicks and, and set pieces are fantastic. Um, his creativity and goal scoring is is there. So it's a no brainer. Come play in the Champions League with us, mate. Eddie Howe, is he targeting the midfield as an area of improvement this summer? Because James Madison is not the only midfielder that Newcastle are looking at, apparently. They also want to spend some of their oil money on AC Milan's Sandro Tonali, which is a great Italian name. £50 million offer in for him. Inter's Nicola Barella, as well, is of interest. So is Eddie Howe going, this is the part of the team that really needs focus going into the new season? Uh, it seems like it. Um on the basis of our first team, like our midfield isn't isn't bad. It's probably our best area. Um but we we struggle for depth. I think we've only got four four midfielders at the club really, and they all start so like well sort of rotate. We've got Longstaff, Willock, Joe Linton and Bruno. We need a holding midfielder to to push Bruno forward a bit more. And we probably need another centre midfielder to just rotate and, and play with those those other names on a on a long sort of grueling season where we're going to play even more games than we did last season. I think mm. if you look at last season, it's fifty odd games in all competitions, and then you add the Champions League into that. There's another six at least, um, and also the the schedule obviously becomes two days rest rather than six. Um, so yeah, it's it's somewhere where we, where Eddie Howe seems to be looking first. I think we're going to spend the big the big fees in in midfield um and then if the right center back comes along we'll we'll add one of them uh in and then i think we'll get a left back as well might might be Kieran Tierney from 
from Arsenal or it might be another uh, somebody else but I think that's that's where they're looking and I think getting that midfield signing right is is the um the key to our sort of summer really Let's wrap up today's podcast by talking about Manchester City. We know there's a few departures this summer. You might even call it a clear out at the Etihad. Coming in could be RB Leipzig's Josko Gavardilio. Have I pronounced that right? I very much doubt it. That's a good name again. And Chelsea's defender. I'm more um, familiar with this. Matteo Kovacic, who could be coming in. To... Gavardiol. <laughs> is, is that how you say Gavardiol? Gavardiol. Okay. Anyway, we know more about the latter than we do the former. Do you think that Kovacic is going to be used as backup for Rodri Marley in that Manchester City system? And does that mean if he's being brought in, Rodri's first choice, does that mean that potentially Calvin Phillips has had his day at Manchester City? Uh, I think Kovacic will just be another sort of option, really. I think with the way sort of De Bruyne is playing in the last couple of years, I think he's starting to get rested a little bit more. Um, for bigger games, I think he was nursing an injury for the last five, four, five months. If you if you read into what he was saying towards the end of the season, um, I think when you've got a player as good as Kovacic, I think if he can come in, you know, if 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 you're thinking De Bruyne and Gundogan are the first choice, and then coming into that team if they're injured is is Calvin Phillips and um, and and Kovacic. I think that's that's really uh, a strong squad. Um, you got Stones now playing that midfield role. Um, as the defensive-minded midfielder with Rodri as well, you know I, th- I think it's uh, smart business. Really, um, it, it reminds me of the Gundogan signing because he's a player that's been around for a little bit. He's a bit older than than Gundogan was when he signed for Man City, but mm. um, it's one of those players where Pep knows he's he knows what he's going to get from him, sort of thing. Um, and I think Kovacic will look really good in the Man City squad because he's played. I think he plays. A style of football which is different to what Chelsea do, but he's still done it well for Chelsea, and I think he'll he'll do really well for Man City. You've already schooled me on the pronunciation of Josko Gavardiol or however it was, Joel. School me on what he's like as a player because it feels like another Manchester City under the radar kind of signing. Is he a player that's going to feature in the first team? Is he a player that's going to be bought in, sent out on loan, maybe farmed for a higher transfer fee, or is he a player that's going to come in, maybe have? a couple of years of Guardiola reprogramming and then make an emergence. How do you see this one working out? Yeah, I think I think he's the next big thing, to be honest. Um, Leipzig have been trying to protect him, putting in big clauses into his contract. I think if everyone remembers, Chelsea tried to get him and Nkunku from Leipzig for a combined kind of transfer, but Leipzig said absolutely no chance, especially for the fee that they want for him. Uh, I think if everyone's seen him in the World Cup, probably isn't the best a representative of him because Lionel Messi turned him inside out if everyone remembers him at the halfway line and but for for all the rest of the tournament he was incredible yeah yeah exactly and but everyone always that, remembers that one, that one moment, moment against yeah. Messi everyone's like oh he got he got skinned but yeah like, so does he, everyone he, yeah exactly that's what I mean what what great defender hasn't been absolutely killed by Lionel Messi that that's something I would put on my CV I mean come <laughs> on the guy is one of the best players that ever lived yeah. so it's fine Pepe um, and Ramos spent about 12 years just trying to side him down <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't do yeah, it. Yeah, they used to have to hack his ankles and stand on his feet just to get into his head a little bit. Um, so yeah, that's no chink in his armour. He's only 21 years old. He's He looks 
he's massive got the eighth highest pass completion in the Bundesliga which basically says everything you need to know about why Guardiola likes him as well he's an excellent passer on the ball which you pretty much have to have as a almost like a prerequisite don't you to be in a, in a Guardiola side and I think uh, Emmerich Laporte is probably going to be going on his way out so that probably funds half of the fee that they're going to pay for him which is looking to be 100 million euros which is pretty astronomical for a defender but I think he is going to be the next big thing in terms of defenders and he'll go seamlessly into that Manchester City side play exactly the way uh, Guardiola wants to play and they're in a they're in a phase now City where when you're winning so much and when you've got such a great team you only need to make one or two additions every single summer you know two players go out they phase out and then you bring in two new hungrier players who want to win everything and I think that's probably maybe why we're seeing a lot of City players wanting to leave now because we saw it in the Manchester United treble winning team where as soon as we won it, there was a lot of outgoings, there was a lot of players uh, switching and changing, new players coming in because I think they realised, well, what's left? I've, I've given four or five years to City, I've won everything now, it's time for me to get a new challenge and you need new blood in to keep that hunger going because if we remember halfway through the Premier League season Guardiola was almost questioning his plays why they didn't have any hunger during half of the season and that's probably because they get complacent they've won everything so you do need these kind of players who've not won the Premier League they haven't won the Champions League and they want to really you know maintain that level and go for it so I think for them it'll be a pretty insane signing which really hurts me to say. We'll keep you up to date with all the transfer news as it develops right the way through the season. Make sure you follow and subscribe to Football Social Daily. We'll be back three times a week with brand new podcasts. And if you want a deep dive on what's going on at your club, we've got pretty much every club in the Premier League and beyond covered on the Sports Social Podcast Network. Head to the website, sport-social.co.uk and discover your next favourite podcast. Nice one, Marley. Nice one, Joel. Cheers for your insights. See you soon. This is Football Social Daily, the Premier League podcast. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.